This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We're talking about guided by God. I'm about to wrap this one up. See how far I get. Our text is Proverbs, the third chapter, verses five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You came tonight, might as well get something. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We have an opportunity just to receive from your word. We thank you for the anointing. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who is the teacher. Father, thank you. Every one of us can walk out of here with more in us than we came in. And so we thank you for that. Show us wonderful things. Help me bring it clearly and accurately and with the boldness your gospel deserves. Father, we just thank you for that. Give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk about tonight a couple of ways that, that, that God guides us. I want to at least hit two. I'm going to try to. How the Lord guides his people. Here's the first way. It's through his word. He guides us through his word. Now, if you're thinking, no, I, I, need, I need something specific. I want you to stay with me because this is real foundational right here. His word becomes the foundation for all the guidance and direction that we need. So it's in 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, is teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God, you say, or you can say the person of God, the woman of God, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's the, the first place that we have to look is understand that guidance comes through God's Word. And, and the reason that becomes the foundation is because we don't want to move outside of that, and God's not going to lead you outside of his word. So, again, that's one of the, the real values of, of, of hearing, teaching, and of studying God's word for yourself. Because then you begin to get a sense, and you, you're not going to get it all overnight, but you begin to get a sense of this is, this is God's will. His word and his will are one. And so the big overarching will of God is through his word. And I just, and I thought, well, not everybody knows that. So let's just, let's just talk about some things. Where, so here's the thing. Where God's word is clear, we don't have to pray about it. Where God's word is clear, we don't have to pray about guidance. I, got, I wrote down some examples. You'll like these. Here's the first one. Should I serve God? People, you know, I hear people say, Amen, I'm praying about whether I should serve God. I got an answer. I already got an answer for you. Let's look at this 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Should I serve God? See, that, that verse gives us, gives us passage. And then what you begin to do is you begin to find other verses that begin to line up with it. And so you begin to look there as opposed to, to saying, well, I'm praying about it. I've talked to people that's like, man, I'm praying about it. I've been praying for years about serving. But here's the deal. He said, you know, nothing you do for God is in vain. He said, nothing you do for him is in vain. He said, well, I just do something insignificant. Not if it's for him. If it's for him, it's valuable. He said, your, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 
So if you're wondering, should I serve? Should I be involved in doing something to serve God? Everybody should be involved in doing something to serve God. I told you you were going to like this tonight. <laughs> the, the enthusiasm is overwhelming. So y'all just, yeah, yeah, I got you. All right, it, it gets better. Should I love my brother and sister in Christ, even if they voted wrong? Now, <laughs> I knew that'd wake you up. Here we go. You realize that voting wrong is anyone who voted different than you. Right? So, man, my brother-in-law, I'm telling you what, man, he says he's a Christian, but he voted. Well, wait a minute. So I'm praying about whether I'm going to love him or not. I'm praying about whether I'm ever going to talk to him again. I'm praying about whether I'm even going to invite him for, for Christmas. If he does come, I ain't going to talk to him. I don't think he's even a... Well, what's the Bible say about that? John 15, 12. This is my commandment. Oh, this is Jesus speaking. That you love one another as I've loved you. Did we, hey, do we deserve it? No. You know, loving is a commandment. And we have to love our brother and sister in Christ regardless of how they voted. I'm having fun. I know you guys are too, but I'm, I'm having fun. This is, remember, we don't have to pray about guidance if God's word is clear. <laughs> You're going to love this next one. You ready? I just thought I'd slip this one in. What about sleeping with my boyfriend or girlfriend? You know, Alan, we live in a different day. It's a different day. And, you know, culture has changed. Well, let's see what the Bible says. Ephesians 5, 2 and 3 says, And walk in love. I just thought I'd throw that in there just to see all as Christ has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Let me just stop right there. You know, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So you don't build a doctrine off just one scripture. You want to find scriptures that back it up. So we just, Jesus just said, this is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. That's one, and it's a good one. And now Paul's saying, and walk in love as Christ loved us. So can we see what the, what the will of God is? Is that we walk in love. And listen, let me help you out with this. Love's not necessarily a feeling, it's a choice. Because there's some people that I love that I don't even feel like loving. There's some people I love I don't like. So that might help you out over the holidays. <laughs> I look at your relatives and go, <laughs> I love you in Jesus' name. Don't you touch that turkey leg until I've had my turn. All right. Um, and he says, but fornication, go ahead, but fornication and all uncleanness, he's talking about sexual impurity, or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. 
No need to pray about it. Pastor, I need you to pray with me about whether or not I should sleep with my girlfriend. I got your answer. Don't even have to pray. An express prayer. Lord, yes, here's the answer. <laughs> Don't do it. Well, culture has changed. Spiritual truth overrides culture. Culture is constantly changing, guys. It changes. Roman culture got incredibly perverted. Pedophilia, all kinds of junk was in Roman culture. God's word doesn't change. If we think some of the stuff that we're dealing with now is stuff that's brand new to us, it's not new to us. It's just more available because we have internet and so we see more stuff of it. We've been dealing with the same stuff for a long time. He wrote this 2,000 years ago. If you're sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend, stop. I didn't write this. Don't get mad at me. But that's what the scripture says. I had a girl one time that I'm praying for couples of this. I need you to pray for our relationship. Well, I always, every time I hear relationship, I know uh, you're not married. Because people who are married say, pray for my marriage. Right? Pray for my relationship means we're not married. I said, you guys not married? No. You living together? No. I said, well, look, let's, if we need to get in the, we need, you want God's blessings? Do it his way. And listen, by the way, I married five, was it five last month? I got, I got two this weekend. Uh, I, marry, I marry folks all the time. I don't look at them and go, are y'all living together? I'm just glad they're getting married. And I have, I've had to some of the sweetest weddings that I can do in 10 minutes or less. But they've been the sweetest weddings because it's couples who said, you know, Alan, we've been living together for a long time. But we heard you say that, and we just wanted to make it right. Those are some great weddings because their heart's in it. No pomp and circumstance. That's good. And here, we're not mad at you. In fact, I'll marry you for free. Express wedding. <laughs> free. Listen, you, you better have all your peoples there at one time. Because if they straggle in late, they will miss the whole ceremony. <laughs> but we love you. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to help people. That's what the scripture says. You want me to continue? I got some, I got some other good ones. Okay. No need, so no need to pray about that. And if you listen, if you want to get married, just go get your marriage license, call Wilma. We'll do it up in the, in the prayer room. Bada bing, bada boom. Okay. There we go. Should I give to God's work? Thank you for those four yeses. Here we go. Second so, Corinthians 9, 7 says, so let, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Here's another one. Should I go to church? Well, I'm preaching to the choir, obviously, for those of you who are here. And, but but and I realize we're right in the middle of a, of a pandemic, and I realize that people have different extenuating circumstances. But I, I really want to encourage you. If you live close to a church, you want to get in a church. Let me show you why. Here's what the scripture says. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So the scripture says, don't forsake assembly together. They say, well, you know, I, I can get just as much online. 
You may be able to get the content online, but you miss the spirit of, of what takes place when you get a bunch of believers together. And, and here's, here's another thing, too. The, the design of Christians is we are and should be the best example of true community. You hear people talk about community. community. We should be the best. Because people, people in here, and I think at the ark we're a good example of that. People come from all walks of life. They come from all backgrounds. We come from all races. And we can come in here and we drop all that stuff at the door. And we come in and, and there's one banner that we operate under. We come in here, the banner we fly is Jesus. And so we're able to come in and fellowship and have a good time. And maybe with someone you would never, ever talk to, maybe out in, or, or run across out in your normal life, but you can come in here and have wonderful fellowship. And you can encourage one another and strengthen one another. It's just good to walk in and see a bunch of other people that love God. You're like, well, thank God I'm not alone. Here we go. <laughs> that encourages, gives you opportunity to use your gifts, gives you an opportunity to love on one another, be a blessing to one another. During the middle of this uh, pandemic and the quarantine, when we couldn't have church here, we would have uh, a team that would come and help us set up. So we had staff, had Justin and his team, and we had Chris and, their, and the IT team. So we had all these teams that would come. And it was interesting because after every service, I'm preaching to an empty, pretty much an empty room. There was nothing in there. And so I'm just, that's what, I'm just looking dead ahead, talking to the cameras. But after it was over, every time, you would see all our staff would gather back there and we would just hang out and talk. And I realized what, what was missing was the fellowship. And we just stood around. People would stand around social distance and talk to one another. Because there's something about when God said, and he knows how he made us, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So those of you who are watching online, let me just encourage you. As soon as you can, come back. It will help you. It will bless you. You'll, you'll get more out of being here than you will watching online because for one thing, it's easier to focus while you're in here. Because when you're there, you could be eating Rice Krispies in your underwear. And you cannot do that here. It's not okay. But seriously, I've, I've, listen, I've done online church. I, and I'm watching, a friend of mine, Keith Moore, has, has services. I'm watching Keith, and all of a sudden, right in the middle, Keith doing a good message. He's a great preacher. I, I get up and decide that I have something in the, in the bedroom that I forgot. And, and then I, I get it, and I come back, and I thought, hmm, that, that, uh, that muffin that Joy has sure looks good. I think I'm going to get me one, and I'll go get me a muffin, and then sit back down, and I'm like, mm, coffee's cold, so I get up and get another cup of coffee. I know I'm the only one that ever did this, right? <laughs> I, I, and so what I'm saying is, if you come here, for the most part, <laughs> you got to at least act like you're paying attention. <laughs> right? And it's actually easier to pay attention when you're in here. And so... Nothing but love for you guys. Nothing but love. All right? There we go. So do you, do you see what I'm saying, though? Where God's word is clear, we don't have to pray about it. I don't pray, God, should I go to church? Don't even have to pray about that. Yes. What you do have to pray about is where. Well, the Bible doesn't say where. Well, that's the next thing. Second way that we see that God leads us 
is by His Spirit, through the witness of His Spirit. Romans 8th chapter, verses 14 through 16. Now this is new to you. Hang on with me because this will be a blessing to you. Romans 8, 14 through 16. Guys, I jumped on you. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. You do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's, there's some good stuff. By the way, Romans 8 is like one of the best chapters ever. But here it says we're led by the Spirit of God. These are sons of God. Actually, that we're maturing ones. We did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Aren't you glad when you made Jesus your Lord, you didn't get a fearful spirit? You received the spirit of adoption. And now we can cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father is what little children say to their father. Hebrew, Abba, Father. He's our Father. The Spirit himself, Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, if I just, I, I can do this with the people who are here. If you're here and you know that you are a child of God, hands up, you're a child of God. Okay. Did, did anyone have to tell you that you were? No, some, something on the inside of you said, when I made Jesus my Lord, something just told me I'm a child of God. I, I'm a child of God. Now, it might, have been, it might have been a little while before you could say that boldly. I remember when I first got saved and someone said, are you saved? I'm kind of like, uh, yeah. Think, I hope. But then I got over where I know that I know. You couldn't beat it out of me with a baseball bat. I'm a child of God. I belong to him. I have the, the spirit of adoption. But the Holy Spirit bears witness with us. Now, let me help you. If he bear witness with us, you know what? You didn't have a sign that said you're a child of God. You, you didn't have an angel Come down with a scroll that say you're a child of God. It's the Holy Spirit that bears witness because something on the inside of you went, oh, something's different. And the Holy Spirit went, you're a child of God. And you're like, yes, I am. If he bears witness with the most important things, can he bear witness with us in other areas as well? So let me talk to you just a little bit about what we call the witness of the Holy Spirit. The witness of the Spirit is, is really more of a, it's more of a perception. It's not a voice. It's not a feeling. It's an inward knowing, a sensing. Well, you know, the, the best way I can describe it is for many people is, have you ever had what you call just a gut feeling? You just knew it. You just knew I like, I just knew that. I just knew. How, how'd you know? I, I just knew it. Maybe it's something about a, a, a loved one. And you're like, I, I just, I knew, I knew something was wrong. You're like, I knew that. I, just, I had something in me. It's, it's a perception. It's a knowing. My mother, who was the most spiritual one in my family, um, she, was, uh, she used to talk about that the Holy Spirit would give her goosebumps. And we knew it was God if mom had goosebumps. Well, somebody would say something, she'd go, ooh, we all go. That's God, because mom's got goosebumps. And so I thought for a long time, well, you get goosebumps, that's, that's the Lord. If I was watching a basketball game and Michael Jordan knocked down the, the winning shot in the 1982 championship, and I got goosebumps. I'm like, well, that wasn't God. That was Michael Jordan knocking down the winning shot. <laughs> and so we're not looking for a feeling. We're looking for just an inward knowing. One of our challenges is we often get so busy in our minds and with our bodies, it, 
we're not quiet enough to even pick up what's happening on the inside. You ever notice a lot of times people get great ideas where? Shower. In the shower. Because they're not thinking about anything. All of a sudden, boom, a great idea comes. A lot of creativity comes. A lot of times we have to get quiet. I, I've heard Joe McGee was telling me, he said when he first gets up in the morning, oftentimes, that's, that's the first time he, he said the, the Lord just witnesses to him in different areas. And so if we'll get quiet, the Lord who leads us can guide us that way. So it, it takes some getting quiet. Stuff. And that's something that's this right now is one of the biggest challenges we have because we're constantly bombarded with stuff and constantly bombarded. So being able to get quiet, which is why I really encourage that when you, when you have your devotional time, when you read your Bible 365, all of us do. And so when you do that, when you do that, try to do it where, where you, I encourage people, um, get, get a Bible like this. Because no notifications ever come to me on this. <laughs> Nothing beeps at me on this. Nobody can text me on this. And so what you're doing is you're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm just going to devote some time to you. And if you'll begin just to read, and so just in, in reading, Joy and I said, would you enjoy pray together? Do you all do, you all do devotions together? We, we pray together occasionally. The vast majority of our prayers are just, she's praying in another room, and I'm in another room. So don't you all do it and hold hands and share scriptures together? No. No. In the morning, I want her in the other room, and I want to be in, in my room. <laughs> I want to have my coffee and my Bible and, and my journal, and it's, it's a quiet time. And you want to be able to take your phone or whatever beeps at you, and, and if you can, put it away from you because it breaks concentration. Ever notice that? Oh, I, listen, I have to put mine away from me because I'll think of something that I need to do. And I'm like, oh, I need to write that down. And then when I'm, when I'm making a note, I notice that there's an email I didn't answer that I need to get back to. And then as I'm answering that email, an ad pops up, and I'm like, that's interesting. And so I, I go on the internet and I'm looking at something. And next thing I know, I've blown an hour. I realize I'm the only one, so I'm just sharing my heart with you. <laughs> so I, I, do, I just encourage you, if, if you can spend some quiet time. The Bible said, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And so get up in the morning and just say, well, I've never done that before. We'll start with five or ten minutes. And read your, read your Bible. And then it's a good time to pray. Ask God for his guidance and his leadership for that day. And I'm not, I'm not advocating, if, if you're brand new to this, I'm not advocating you do this for an hour, but spend some time. I believe God's worth it. Listen, he's the one that saved us. He's the one that loves us and saved us and helped us. So he's worth it. And so just spending some time. And listen, you have to be intentional about it. I hear people say, Alan, I, I, I don't have time. You do have time. You have to make time. You can't, you can't just wait for it to happen. You carve it out. How many of you are morning people? Do it in the morning. How many of you are night people? Do it at night. That was profound, wasn't it? <laughs> but seriously, whenever you're alert and awake, that's, that's the time to do it. Man, I wake up in the morning, I'm up. I'm ready to roll. And so, man, that, that's the great time to do it. Why? That, that's when I get, I get a witness to go this way, do that. 
You know, I pray about everything. You know, I, I don't just come up with messages in my head. I pray about them. <laughs> you should have been at least encouraged by that. <laughs> but I, I pray about them. Why? Because I believe that God knows what's best for this congregation at this time. And so I ask him, what, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And, and I don't, if you think I have a, an angel that comes into my room and a scroll drops down, <laughs> thou shalt preach this. That would be nice. It's never happened. But, but it, as I get quiet, as I pray, then I, I, I get a sense of a direction I want to go. It's not a voice. It's not a feeling. It's a witness. And I look at one scripture, which maybe leads to another. But every time, and I've been doing this for 24, almost 25 years, here, I pray every time. And I don't repeat them. You know, I've never repeated a, a, a sermon. I've used a similar text, but I've never repeated a sermon. And the reason I don't repeat sermons is because God is full of ideas. And what might have been good five years ago is not the word he wants for the church today. Right? You don't want to hear something like, five years ago, I got this. Now, I, no, I'm dealing with today. What's a word for today? And so, word for today is, how does he lead us? First way he leads us is by his what? By his word. And the second way is the witness of the Spirit. So, how, how do I understand the witness of the Spirit? Colossians gives us a little bit of insight into this. Colossians 3, it said, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That word rule in your hearts is a term that means act as umpire in your hearts. So in other words, it's, it's peace that will, will call in or out, foul or fair. It's peace that, that's how we're led. Let me give you an example of that. How many of you have ever been, you've been thinking about doing a certain thing and going in a certain direction? And, and when you start thinking about it, you, you get an uneasy feeling on the inside of you. You're like, eh, I just don't feel good about that. I, I just don't feel good about that. And then you, you, you're praying about something else. Or maybe you think about going in a different direction, and you sense a peace. You're like, hmm. And the more I think about it, the more I pray about it, the better I feel on the inside. Now, I've had people tell me, I have peace about it, which usually means... This is what I want to do, so I have peace about doing that. No, no, we're asking the Lord, which, which way do we go? I thought I was going to marry a girl who was in, in, in college. Uh, we dated for a couple of years. I thought I was going to marry her. And, uh, but man, when I, when, I, when I thought about marrying her, something was just great on me on the inside. Like, uh, no. And I um, mean, I tried to make it happen, and I, I could not get peace. Now, I had a mother doing everything she could to pray this woman out of my life because she didn't want me to marry My mom's like, oh, no. Goosebumps say, no goosebumps for that girl. None. <laughs> she didn't want that girl. And so I start moving in that direction. I don't feel peace. Now, when I met Joy, came back to the Lord. You've heard that story. But one of the things that I told my mom is, I said, I have met the girl that I'm going to marry. I just met her. I knew I was going to marry Joy like the first week. I don't advise people to do that. But I had a peace. And we were going to, we we're moving towards marriage. 
And I just had a peace. I had a peace about it. We were doing the right thing. Didn't mean everything turned out wonderful. Our first few years were rough. But even, even in those first few years, I knew I'd done the right thing. We have a peace. Let the peace of God rule. So you're praying about whether to take another job. You're praying about what school you're to send your child in. You're praying about whether you should move. or not. You can pray about these things. You can ask the Lord, Lord, what about this? You know, I, could, could I move? Or, are we, are we, are we biting, biting off too much? And every time you think about maybe moving to that house, you get a check. You're like, no, no, not going to do that. You want to follow peace. Does that make sense? And so if you, if you here's the deal. The, the more time you spend with him, the more you're going to begin to sense his peace in your life, period. And so when it's not there, you begin to recognize that. I realize I, I just kind of threw a lot at you on this. But the beautiful thing about it is, well, we talked about going to church. Should we go to church? Yes. Where? There's a lot of churches. So how, how do you know? And so I've, I've told people, people say, how do I know what church to go to? And I've, here, here's the simplest answer I've had. When you, when you go there, it feels like home. Now, how many of you can honestly say, you're, you're members here, you, you go here. I'm not going to point you out. But when you, when you came here and you said, you walked in and went, this is it. This is it. You just walked out and went, oh, I, I, that's it. And uh, I, we, we used to do a membership class. And I tell people, listen, if this place doesn't feel like home to you, go find the place that does. Because we don't fit for everybody. We'd love to, but we don't. We're not big enough. If everybody in the whole county went, this is where I want to go to church, what are we going to do? We don't have, we don't have. So you got to find what feels like home, where you have a peace. I come in here, I have peace. I walked in Lakewood Church years ago. I lived a lot closer to another church. It was a good church, large church, right in my area. I was 10 miles away. Lakewood was about 40 miles away. I lived in Clear Lake City. I'm driving to Old Lakewood, driving a gazillion miles, and I a gazillion miles. And I flew on I-45 30-some years ago. You think it's bad? You should have seen it then. Coming up, and I, and I walked in Lakewood Church, and the moment I, I didn't even hear Pastor Osteen preach. I walked in the church and went, this is it. You say, well, what did you have? I had a witness on the inside. I am. I had a sensing. I'm where I need to be. Does that make sense? So as you, as you follow the Lord, he can, give you, he can give you a witness and ask the Lord, what about this? Remember it said, in all our ways we acknowledge him and he directs our path. So it's just a matter of how many ways are we going to acknowledge him? The more we acknowledge, the more he directs. Good. Looks like, I'll, it looks like I will not finish this series tonight. And we won't do it next week. I guess we're into, will we be into December? Wow. This year's passed fast. Thank God. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and your goodness to us. Thank you for your spirit that leads us and guides us. Thank you, Father, we can sense your peace and you can help us. We appreciate that. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't even have a relationship with the Lord. I know it and he knows it. But I would, would like one. Or you, you're not sure. I don't know if I do or not.
Or maybe you're, you're like I was. I made a decision for the Lord, but then I got away from him. and I was so far away. And you're saying tonight, you know what? I'm tired of living apart. I, I want to I come back. I want to be close. We're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up or come to the front, but if I'm talking to you, that's you that I'm talking to, would you just say, Alan, that's me. Would you pray for me? You slip your hand up across this auditorium. Thank you. Anybody else? Thanks. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. You pray this prayer. We're going to pray it with you out loud. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.